Hello, and welcome to another episode of Accounting Insiders Podcast. My name is Gary Dehart. I am the publisher of Insightful Accountant and the host of Accounting Insiders Podcast. My guest today is Dan Beck with 401 Go. And Dan, welcome. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a couple of, uh, at least a year and a half, I think, since we chatted. Um, and, and I know, I'm sure, a lot has changed in a year and a half. Um, mm -hmm. We'll go on record. We are a customer of 401Go, um, happy customer. We we started Thank using, you. yeah, we started using 401Go January, must have been January of 21, I think is when we first brought you guys on board or vice versa, you brought us on board. <laughs> And, and, you know, the process was super smooth. So I'm a big fan of, of what you're doing, big fan of what the company's doing, and just as a customer, happy customer. So there's a front-end sales pitch for you. I love but, to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, now, you know, if you could just do something about the market to just make the funds all triple, you know, triple, triple. Uh, I, I, I'm sure I'd have a lot more uh, happy, <laughs> you know, customers if I could do that. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be talking to me right now if you could do that, right? <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. Well, so um, and for me, I think what I like, what I found most intriguing about what y'all do is the cost, the simplicity of it. You know, as a small business, like you and I were talking in the green room, you know, we brought you on board. We have four employees or two partners and two employees. Now we're down. It's just the two partners. But, you know, it was easy. It was inexpensive and really seamless. And um we just changed accounting firms and we're changing payroll firms. And I think you guys are direct connected on our payroll. I don't even know who our new payroll company is, mm -hmm. but I think they, I think our accounting firm said you're already connected with them. So that's good. But we will yeah. get into that too, kind of the list of, of where all where all you're connected. But um, mm -hmm. so let me stop talking for a second and let me ask you a question. And that is just give me a, an overview. So what's you know, what is tell people what 401 Go is sure. and um how you came into the company yeah. and the concept of the company and then, and kind of where you are in, in the growth stages of the company. You bet. So prior to this, um, I had started and, and built several small businesses. Um, and in so doing, I was always kind of a, a finance nerd. Um, I grew up in a very you know blue collar house. And so there wasn't a lot of um, financial education or, you know, to be taught. And so I kind of learned that in college and just really had an affinity for it. And so if I ever had an employee that came to me and was struggling with finances or something, um, I, you know, took that opportunity to go above and beyond just because it was something that I was passionate about. And so I'd wanted to set up a 401k with a couple of these businesses. And the first time I looked into it, it was just, uh, you know, I realized it was just way impossible. And then a few years had passed and then I had another business with about 30 employees um, and at that point, uh, was, you know, looking into it and it seemed like it was more doable at that point, but, um, it was still about two weeks in and I, I gave up. Um, and so after, you know, a few exits, uh, my brother, who is the CTO in this company, and we built some of these uh, prior companies together, um, we looked at really, you know, why is this such a hassle and why can't small businesses offer this as a, as a benefit to their employees? And we just looked into the complexity of it and realized that there was an opportunity to fix a lot of that. Um, and so that was really the focus is how do we make this easy for um, a small business owner to set up and administer? And so a process that normally takes a good six to eight weeks and involves four or five different service providers um, and is very expensive, 
We've consolidated it to where people can set it up in 15 minutes. They connect it to their payroll system. It's all on, the, the ongoing administration is fully automated. And so we've removed all of those barriers. And that's really allowed us since then to shift from, you know, solving those challenges that come up around the boardroom table, the business that wants the 401k, to now focus more on those issues that come up around the dining room table. And so we've been able to focus a lot more in the last couple of years and um, building out tools to help with participant engagement and, um, you know, essentially enabling uh, employees that work for SMBs, small businesses, to have um, better outcomes, um, not just the 401k, but also with just their, you know, their daily lives and, and finances in general. Um, so that's really, you know, how we got involved in it. it was just something that I was passionate about. And, um, you know, for us, I think something else that's very unique is the way that we want to approach the market. Um, and it's through this, uh, you know, kind of this idea of the best outcomes, again, being so outcome focused, aren't going to be just tech solutions. It's a high tech and a high touch solution. It's having people involved. Um, small business is still predominantly done you know, through handshakes and face to face. Uh, and I love that. And I also love being to, being able to bring technology to make it so that those relationships um, can be, you know, that everybody involved can focus on the relationship and not all the administrative back end. Yeah. And I know when when we onboarded, I mean, it was there was a human there. Right. Mm -hmm. There was a person that we dealt with that did. And if we had questions, send them a text or an email and, and the yep. questions answered. So. And again, as a small business owner, it was uh, super helpful for me. So do, do you, what's the kind of demographic of your customer base right now? I mean, again, I think of small business, uh -huh. everybody's different in what a small business is, right? The government thinks a 500 employee company is a small business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not. I'm here to tell you it's not. Um, but like, what's a 30 person the, company was a big business. It felt yeah. like a big business. So yeah. 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 So yeah. what is that? What's the kind of demographics look like? It, it really runs the gamut um, to where, you know, some of our smallest companies are solopreneurs. If you're a single individual um, and, you know, I, I love it when small, you know, a solopreneur can set something up. That means that they've had a really good year and they want to set aside some money for retirement. Um, and so if you're a single individual, we're ready. Um, and all the way up to some of our larger employers have five to 600 employees. Um, but average headcounts are around 20. Um, so it's okay. definitely those, those smaller businesses in terms of industries and verticals. It's all over the board. Um, you know, we certainly have a lot of doctors and what I call kind of that white coat investor. So doctors, dentists, where, um, you know, oftentimes you'll find an owner that makes very, um, you know, has a significant income, especially as they get later on in their career, and then a fairly small staff, because those are the plans that are disproportionately paying far higher fees than anyone else in the traditional ecosystem, because, you know, with those low headcounts, um, the administrative costs, there's, there's fewer people to bear those, uh, and so it ends up costing a lot more. So that's where a lot of our early customers came from, um, you know, was essentially where that pain was being felt the most. So high earners with low headcounts. Okay. And how, how long has the company been around? I've known you two years. Yeah. So we really, um, we put our first plan on the platform in 2018. We started kind of working on and building the tech in 2017 and bootstrap for the first several years um, just to kind of get it to the point of viability. So, um, you know, the, we were really, because we're building something that is very regulated um, and there's a lot of rules and structure and process and we're dealing with people's retirements and everything else. We spent a lot of time working on the platform before we really decided to go to market, which is 
to be honest, um, it didn't seem so at the time, but looking back and having gone the, the venture capital route with this business, um, that's atypical. You know, usually it's kind of like you have an idea, you go out and start signing up customers, and then you figure out how to deliver what it is that you promised. Um, right. We didn't have that luxury. So, so what's changed in the past two years? Again, so you you probably about two years ago, it sounds mm -hmm. like that's about when everything, all the glue kind of came together. Yep. Sounds like I might be wrong. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, so what's changed just in the past two years within the company? A lot. And, and, you know, the thing that I always talk about and I tell, you know, any of uh, the, the team members that I work with um, is in startup, you're moving in dog years. So year for everyone else is like seven for us. Everything moves fast. You're doing multiple pivots. Um, and I'd say the biggest thing is we've really realized we have the thesis of kind of this partnered approach from day one. Mm -hmm. um, and when we started to fundraise and take on some outside capital, um, there was kind of some concerns with some investors that, you know, those indirect approaches are a little bit harder to scale. And so we were kind of chasing both a, a direct, um, you know, kind of approach of us going out and trying to find businesses to put on the platform, as well as the partnered approach. And what we found is that the partnered approach is just the better way to do it, that we've kind of abandoned that. And so we've shifted, and that means building out better tools for our partners, whether it's an accountant, a CPA, um, a financial advisor that specializes in 401ks or a payroll company. Um, and so because we're working with all, essentially anybody that's an advisor to an SMB, we want them to be aware of what it is we have to offer. So it's a tool they can use to serve those clients. And so we focused a lot of building out, um, you know, partner portals, tools, uh, referral programs, educational material. Because um, for us, the other thing, too, that's really interesting is, um, you know, I feel like a lot of success is it's hard work, it's luck, um, it's ingenuity. And for us, there's a lot of there's been a lot of luck in terms of regulatory tailwinds and timing and market factors where when we first started on this, there wasn't. You know, there there was some SMB demand, but it's nowhere at the level that it is today. So there are mandates in 14 states now and growing that currently affect about 25% of businesses nationwide. And over the next couple of years, as more of these states that have already announced um, these regulations come online and it starts affecting small businesses, we're looking at essentially about half of um, SMBs nationwide will be affected by some government mandate that says they need to offer a 401k. So that's created a tremendous market demand that we've really had to figure out how do we, um, how do we number one, capitalize on this opportunity, but reach these businesses. And what we've realized is they already have relationships with accountants and CPAs. And in prior businesses, I remember the first time, you know, my very first business that I literally ran out of my garage for about six months when I, I'm like, this is a legit thing. Like I can quit my day job and go do this. Mm -hmm. First person I did was hire a CPA. Um, that was my very first advisor. And so we want to make sure that those are the partners that we're connecting with so that, you know, they might not be actively selling this the way that a 401k advisor, financial advisor would. But as long as they're aware of it, because I remember like the first time I tried to set it up, I went to my CPA and he's like, don't even bother. And, you know, I had to figure that out for myself, but he was right. Um and so that's what we're trying to do is, is find those small business advisors and help them empower their clients. And that's really what we focused on is just how do we make our partners um, be able to do to, to connect their clients better? How do we serve them better? How do we make this just more available to everybody? So that's really been a lot of um, 
you know, a lot of exploration and experimentation and the types of partnerships and the ways that we, you know, the playbooks that we've designed to, to leverage those partnerships. Okay. And is that um, kind of the, the partner benefits? Is that 401go.com slash partner or how do I find that? Yeah, if you go to the website, I mean, we have it right on the homepage. You scroll right. down just a little bit and it's right there. You know, you can find out all about our partners and, um, you know, actually get get your account set up right away. Um, and, you know, we have, we, we that's where we've been doing most of our hiring is in, you know, kind of our, our partner account managers where it's their job to understand this is how, this is how Gary runs his practice and, you know, we can help him in this way. And we found that it tends to be, you know, for like CPAs and accountants in, in particular, um, we, we have to move kind of more of a passive approach where, because again, they're not actively out there selling them. Um, it's more just, we want to make sure that they understand we're a resource when that opportunity arises. And, right. and when they're ready, we understand that the, you know, probably the most valuable asset that they have is their reputation. And so that's where we want to make sure that that process, whether it's the handoff from, you know, the referral to us, the onboarding process, the ongoing administration, that um, we are taking that trust that has been given to us through the trust that advisors built with their clients um, and making sure that we don't, um, that, that, that we don't compromise that. And if right. you go and look and compare us to any of the other solutions out there that are kind of going after that SMB sector, you'll see we rank far higher than anyone else when it comes to customer service. And again, it's because of that value that we believe in kind of that human factor um, and, you know, the, the, that human connection through 401Go, through the advisors we work with, and ultimately the businesses that they serve. Yeah. So on um, kind of winding back a little bit to something you said about the resources available more on the HR side. Um, and you were talking about having kind of the tools that companies can or, or um, people who are in the plan can use to you know, better educate themselves. What, what is that? What, what all do you have there? Because I, I haven't looked at that. <laughs> yeah, I should. Right? It is newer. So it's, it's only really, it, it was about this time last year that we started kind of building those tools and we kind of rolled them out in Q2 of uh, um, 2022. And what they are is essentially, if you're, if, if you're familiar with Mint um, or, you know, some of those other budgeting and financial management tools where, um, you know, the cool thing is you can go up, uh, you can go into your account and connect um, your, your bank and, and we don't hold any of this data. Um, so, you know, we're using, you know, third parties that are designed to do this and, you know, a lot of security and everything else. But essentially, you connect your bank account, you connect your credit cards. Um, and then what that happens is that data flows into the system and we can look and, and analyze, you know, what your current expenditures are. And then from there, because nobody wants to sit down and pull out a spreadsheet. Mostly nobody wants to sit down right. and pull out a spreadsheet and build a budget. Well, we, we do have a lot of accountants that uh, do. So that's why I had to correct myself. Um, and, you know, I still do. I still like when things are kind of rough, I go back to the spreadsheet myself. Like I just like the way I can see everything. But we, we take their existing spending and we create, you know, kind of these budget pools. And then from there, um, you know, we help them intuitively make what we, we feel are positive, um, you know, decisions and, and behaviors that, that help them improve their, their financial wellness. And so we have what's called a thin, strong score where, you know, we kind of look at spending, you know, and how much, you know, outflows versus inflows. Um, and then, you know, similar to if you've ever gone and looked at your credit history, it'll say mm -hmm. you're uh, 620. Um, this is why you could do this to improve it. We do the same thing. So we give them a score. Um, we help show them what they can do improve, to improve it. There's also retirement calculators. The cool thing is we even factor in Social Security. Um, you know, we, we, we take a look at 
uh, we want to have an exhaustive look at what their current financial situation is because then we can intuitively help them. For um, a lot of our users, because SMBs tend to hire more entry-level workers, younger, lower paid, um, oftentimes uh, their engagement with us is their very first um, engagement with any financial institution outside of a bank. So we want to make sure it's a positive experience. We want to develop those positive saving behaviors that are going to pay off in the long run. And so for us, unlike, you know, every other 401k out there, they're like, we just want to be an account. And you know what, if you've got 12 funds for your employees to choose, we've done our job. Um, for us, we want it to be far more active. We want them to, you know, be proactive in their, you know, for, the, for their future selves. And so it's all the tools that are needed to do that. And they're getting better every single day. Whereas we, you know, this year we're building out um, native iOS and Android apps. And so that's going to make it a lot easier to where, let's say you swipe your card, um, and we recognize that maybe you spend three times more than the average person at Starbucks, we're going to let you know so that you can maybe decide to skip one day a week um, right. you know, and, and, and see what that impact will be over a period of time. Again, just kind of these nudges where, you know, without having to make these drastic changes, you could start to incorporate positive behaviors into just kind of your everyday you know, life. Right. And so, so you've mentioned before just about multiple businesses that, that you've started. So what, what's, what do you think is the biggest difference in 401Go and, and those other endeavors? <laughs> so I've kind of, I, I joke some ways that I've gone from the dark side to the light side. So, you know, prior <laughs> businesses, they were consumer products. And um, I got really good at convincing people to buy stuff they probably didn't need so much. And now I'm trying to convince people to not buy stuff and to save more. <laughs> so, um it, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's still like, I, I really love what I did in the past, um, you know, because what I felt was I'm delivering value in, way, in one way or another. We um, had a lot to do with outdoor sporting goods. And so people were using our products to go recreate outside and be with family and be with friends. And, um, you know, so we were delivering value in many ways. But with this, I feel that the way we're delivering value is um needed far more than what we were doing before. And so there's a lot of mission behind it, which means um, when we're hiring, it's really exciting when we find engineers that are taking pay cuts to come work here because they're really passionate about what we're doing um, and they're passionate about the opportunity. Um, so I think certainly the mission, um, you know, I don't want to say it's elevated, it's just different. Uh, and, and we find a lot of people that can really galvanize, um, you know, behind that mission and, 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 and you know, want to help us uh, become successful. The other thing too is, you know, in prior businesses, they were bootstrapped. With this one, um, we had to go the venture capital route just due to unit economics, where um, there's a lot of infrastructure. We had to build a brand new platform. There's a lot that needs to happen before you can even bring that first customer. And then there's a certain threshold that we've got to achieve before we can be, you know, cash flow positive. Um, and so in order to do that, we had to have some capital infusion. Uh, and also grow at, you know, uh, a more rapid rate. And, and part of that is because of, um, you know, it's a massive, you know, blue ocean opportunity. There's nobody that, are, that is fishing in these waters. You know, when you look at SMBs that are offering 401ks, it's fewer than 15%. And so there's a lot of new market to tap into. And so you have a few players, us and a couple others, um, that are all kind of going after that space. And so you need to move quickly. Um, the difference is, you know, we're, we're moving at, you know, I balance kind of my background in, in more traditional growth where it's internally funded with kind of this venture capital approach. And so we're intentionally growing at a more, at a slower sustained rate where, you know, right now, some of our competitors are doing massive layoffs. Their service that was already bad is getting worse. 
Um, so while they're on their heels, we're, you know, we're pushing forward and growing and accelerating. And that's just because we've taken a more sustained approach to grow. Okay. And so, and well, and so I think my next question here was kind of, you know, what is working or what has worked and what hasn't worked? And again, never asking any kind of trade secrets, sure. just, just generally speaking from a, and again, if you can't go detail, great. I could certainly get that, but more from a, a you know, what can, you know, people who watch or listen to this, what can they learn from a startup, you know, a multi, mm -hmm. a serial entrepreneur in, in identifying what works or what doesn't work and when yeah. to cut the loss, right? When to cut the cord and just go, out, I'm out. <laughs> I think a lot of it is when you, when you first start, and it was the same thing with this, you have an idea of exactly what you want and you don't necessarily know how you're going to get there. And so you just start building, you start creating, you start selling. Um, and, and that's really kind of the entrepreneurial drive. And I'm, I'm, you know, I've done that numerous times, but you have to at some point get kind of methodical about the different stages of the business, especially with venture capital, because you're making commitments and the commitment isn't always, I'm going to produce this amount of, you know, revenue or these kind of net profits, because that's just too hard to predict. And so a lot of it at this early stage and, um, you know, I see it more now and more as I was in the middle of it, but not necessarily at the beginning of that stage. But we had to build a process and system for the business, not to grow, but to experiment. And that's different. So, you know, instead of hiring sales teams to grow and, and everything else, we were focused on figuring out what works, doesn't work. And so the type of employees that you're hiring as those first hires um, that are in kind of that experiment phase are going to be very different than somebody that's more growth minded. And so we needed to build an environment and systems and processes, and we needed to have team meetings and everything around um, this idea of experimentation. And it wasn't as much with the product as it was distribution. So, you know, how do we work with these different types of partners? And in many ways, I feel like, um, you know, to give you an example, uh, kind of the accounting and CPA channel, we identify that as a, you know, high potential partnership, but we felt like we were pushing a rope. Um, and we decided we need to change our approach to that, where it's more of a kind of a demand generation approach, where it's about educating um, and informing and then letting the demand uh, come to us rather than us being out there and pushing it. Whereas with financial advisors, especially those in the 401k space, they're looking for us. They need us as a solution. And so it's a lot easier to push and be more in front of them, whereas other channel partners weren't necessarily that way. And so... We've had to pivot sales approaches, the way that we're doing marketing. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is just uh, it maybe took us a, a few months more than I would have liked to realize that, wait, 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 we're not supposed to grow right now. We're supposed to figure out how we're going to grow and to start to rethink the way, you know, we we do some of our you know day to day uh, around this idea of experimentation. Gotcha. So um, speaking of growth and speaking of partners, so let's, since we are again, primarily tax and accounting, I think in this world is probably more accounting that's related to it. So um, how can they, the, the accounting community, how can they better, better serve their clients or that's not the right question. They serve their clients well, but how do they, how can they, this community be a part of the growth of a company like 401 Go? Uh -huh. what's their because because here's before before i let you answer that my observation from being in this space for a long time um the we always say like at a trade show scaling new heights which you guys exhibit you know i've, I've been to that show i don't know 
ever since maybe since the second show of its life cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So they're on number 14 or 15 this year. So I've been to almost all of them. And it seems like, you know, year one for an exhibitor, everybody walks past you, right? Yeah. Year two, they kind of like, oh yeah, you were there last year. What is it that you do? Mm-hmm. And then by year three, they're finally going, oh yeah, I've got, you know, 10 clients that your product would be a perfect fit for. Um, I guess the good news with that is you're moving into year three, right? Of really actually paying attention to the accounting community mm-hmm. um, purposefully. So, but but I see why, I certainly see why they should be embracing what you do. They're in a great position to be able to understand um, which clients need this, which clients can need it, you know, use it from a tax standpoint or use it from yeah. a benefit standpoint. Um, but how could they better just engage in this process. I, don't know I think it's awareness more than awareness more than anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first time that I asked my CPA, he said, "Don't do it. Do a step. Do a simple. You know, here's all these alternatives that are similar to a 401k." And the reason why is because they he knew it was complex. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are still operating off of those same old assumptions. And even if we tell them the first time, and you know, this happens all the time, where I've told companies. Uh, there's only three of us in, in in our firm. Like, I don't I don't think this is something we can do. You know, how do you have to have like at least 20 people? I'm like, we'll do one. And I, I have to tell them like five times before they go, oh, you'll actually set up my account. Yes, we will. So um, we need to just kind of keep repeating that message. And, you know, to be honest, I was not necessarily frustrated, but um, a little bit concerned that we didn't see the adoption that we expected based off of the outreach and the sales efforts we were doing in the accounting community. Um, but then as I started to understand it more and talking with more individuals, I, I really could appreciate it. And it's the simple fact that um, that it's, accounting is very standardized and a lot of it is, you know, it, it, it's a practice that's built on doing a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. And that's, that's, there's value in that. And we're coming and saying there's something new, there's something different, and that can be a little scary. And when trust is your most valuable asset, um, you need to approach those types of things with caution. And so rather than try to fight that, you know, we're trying to respect it and just say, okay, we're going to take a more passive approach and we're going to inform and educate. And then when people are, are ready to come, they'll come. And once they experience it, they're going to keep coming back. And so that's kind of been our approach is just really making us as, um, you know, I've always said, we've got to reduce friction everywhere we possibly can. Because in so doing, like some of these other companies, it's like, yeah, it's a pain in the butt, but hey, you're going to get a $600 commission. It doesn't matter for you know a lot of the the partnerships that we work for, um, and so so for them it's about making it as easy as possible for them and their clients, um, and that's really where we focus most of our efforts is just being you know we've always been a fraction of anything else out there in terms of cost, and so a lot of the work has been in just kind of tearing down and reducing those barriers. So I'd say really the only thing that um, accountants and CPAs need to know is. This is an option and it's, it's available for your clients as small as a single individual. Um, and we take care of everything. You know, we have some that like that process. They want to understand 401k plan design and they're very active, but I'd say 80% of them, they don't, they don't even want to create a partner account with us, which is okay. And so we want to say everybody, if, if you understand what 401go is and you may consider it in the future, here's somebody's name. Like we, we believe everybody that we engage with should have a point of contact at 401go um, to where if you know you're like hey I have a client you'll know exactly who to email 
and you can just say, I've got this client, they're interested and we'll take over and we'll make sure that that, um, you know, the trust that you've given us uh, is well respected um, and that it's going to pay off. And so that's just been our approach and it's been working, you know, and so some of the time we find it's two, three years before we finally get a referral from somebody that we talked to a long time ago. And then after that first one comes in, it's only a couple months and then we start seeing a more frequent basis. Yeah, seems like that, you know, when they once they do that first tax return, right? And again, the accounting community is super smart people yeah. and they understand how one thing, you know, impacts the, the rest of the return. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would think they would just need to do the one return yeah. for one client and be able to go, oh, wow, my client, you know, end of year put, you know, 15 grand into this account and mm-hmm. throughout the year and here's their tax savings. And here, I mean, it, uh, it seems it should sell itself to the accounting community. Well, um, and the thing too is there's there's a I mean there's a lot of regulatory change. So most recently the Secure 2.0 Act, and there's actually a lot of impacts to the tax side of things. So tax credits um, for those administrative costs went from 50% to 100%. So now companies can offer this virtually for free. They're getting more tax credits than what the plan actually costs for the first three years. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, there's this, this uh, government match, which we're still trying to figure out exactly how that works. Also, um, owner contra- or employer contributions were always traditional, so essentially pre-tax. Um, now you can choose to put those into Roth. And so there's a lot more flexibility, which we think is great for businesses. It's great for individuals. And if you're an accountant or a CPA, whether you have a client that's doing this or not, um, these are rules that are that that you need to know um, because you're going to have private individuals that are using a 401k and they're using it differently than they had before. You're going to have employers that maybe have one, um, and so we're going to be your best partner for that. Um, and that's where we do you know a lot of education webinars and um, we help you know many CPAs at the end of the year uh, you know make sure they have the right proper work the the, the proper paperwork so that they can um, get those tax credits for their clients. Uh, and so, you know, we're partners, not just in, hey, the sale's done, we'll see ya. Uh, we're partners along the way. You know, a lot of times some of them have an account so they can log in, you know, pull down the information to help uh, prepare that business's taxes and whatnot. Um, so we're, we're there to help in all, st- all stages of, uh, of a business adopting and running their 401k. Right. So when you go into the war room and we're looking at 2023, are you on a, a calendar year, calendar fiscal? We are, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you're in the war room looking at 2023, and again, kind of, if you can't share it, don't share it, don't want to hear it. Um, but what are your biggest goals that you can share, like for 2023? Really, it's it, it's the partnership side of things. So um, we did a lot of ex- experimentation last year, figuring out what are those you know partner channels that are going to you know that, that are going to deliver the the strongest lift. And this year, it's about focusing on what we've learned. Um, and so really the areas that we've seen um, a lot of lift is with those traditional financial advisors, especially those that are in the 401k space. And it's because they see the demand out there and they realize, you know, before they're kind of like, yeah, I don't care about that, that low end of the market. Um, now they see it like, crap, how do I move down the market? I need some tools. And so um, there's, a, there's a big appetite. We want to make sure that we're in front of every single one of those financial advisors that are in the 401k space. So that's. And then the other one that's been pretty big are, um, you know, payroll uh, companies groups. And so, you know, some of the, the, you know, regional CPA firms that also do payroll and a lot of those types of services, it's working with them, um, you know, because oftentimes when the state mandates happen, we're also focusing on, on states where 
um, these mandates are in effect um, or will, you know, are being rolled out because that's where their clients are turning to their CPA saying, hey, I got this letter. What is CalSavers? Uh, what do I do? Or they're asking their payroll company. Um, and so it's just a lot of information out there. And then on the accounting side of things, really kind of our approach is more, like I said, it's less of a, you know, kind of a sales push strategy. Right. And it's more of just a, hey, here's this information. We'd love for you to join our, you know, uh, newsletters, mailing list or whatever, you know, come to webinars and we're going to be there when you're ready for us or when your clients are ready for us. Okay. That's great. Anything that we haven't uh, discussed that, that you think is relevant for the accounting community, bookkeeping, tax community? You know, I, I feel, I'd say the one thing that we've really noticed, and again, it's um, with payroll companies, we've got some big payroll partnerships that are coming online. And as we've been discussing with them and asking them why previously they weren't interested in this, but now they are, what they've learned is that the more services that they're providing to those clients, um, you know, beyond just their core, you know, which is payroll, the stickier those clients are. Uh, and I feel it's the same thing with accounting professionals. If you're just doing taxes, then, you know, you're going to be thought of during a very short period of time of the year. And so I feel like accountants or CPAs or anybody, you know, of that, that type um, that is providing those services you know, shifting to kind of more of this, you know, this value-based uh, approach where you're there to deliver value and the more service that you, you can offer, the more value you have, then really you stand out from the other bookkeeper because, you know, GAP is pretty standardized. A lot of the process is pretty standardized. And so, you know, we feel that some of these additional services like 401k or other, you know, HR-related benefits, essentially helping those employers um, build a stronger business um, really adds significant value beyond just something that can be commoditized. Um, and so it's exciting to see, you know, some of those firms that really understand and embrace that and to see the way that their businesses are flourishing as they start to kind of have that shift in thinking. Um, and I really believe that a lot, of, and that's kind of the same thing that we've seen as well is, you know, our, from, a, from a price standpoint, um, you know, we're kind of reaching a commodity type level with 401k services and whatnot, and what really stands out and differentiates us from anybody else's service. Uh, and so I think that's why we're a great fit for accountants, um, is that that's exactly what we deliver. And we're about those relationships. Um, and in so doing, we know that the relationships that our clients, those, um, you know, advisors have with their clients, they just get stronger. Um, and we love being a part of that. Right. And then um, I'm going to wind back. I thought we were about to wrap up, but then another thing came to my head here. And that was, so you mentioned before, there's 14 states, I think was the number that mandated some sort, some level of, of benefit requirements. Yeah. Are, are you seeing your growth kind of um, in those states or is it, is it across the country? It's certainly across the country, but definitely it's way stronger. You know, so the most recent is California, and just because of the number of businesses and the population there, um, you know, we're seeing huge adoption from partners and from businesses in those states. Um, so it is having an effect, and, and I think that's just going to continue for a while. Um, the the you know kind of the regulators there have been a little slow in sending out the penalty notices. So if you were a five or more you know person company as of June last year you had to have something in place and those notices are just starting to go out now and they're just going to get progressively more nasty to where this summer, if you're not complying, you're going to have some big penalties to pay. And so we'll see some business from that at that stage, right? Right, right. before they have to write a $500 check per employee to the government 
um, that's when they're gonna they're gonna take it seriously. So we're still seeing a lot of growth in, in states like California. That's fantastic. Well, I, as I said on the start, I like what you're doing. We're a customer. It's been great for us. Um, certainly encourage anybody that may you know listen to this to either reach out to you guys. And, and I don't know your competitors. I don't know them well. I haven't done business with them or I haven't looked at their products. But um, I think what's so fantastic about it, again, as a small business owner, is it's super inexpensive. It's low drag. And, um, and it's a, a real, true, tangible benefit for, for a small business owner to be able to provide you know, mm-hmm. employees. And, there's, and like you said, currently, a lot of the front-end cost is covered by yours truly and Uncle Sam, right? So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all of us taxpayers. Um, so there's almost no reason to not have a program like this for small businesses. So you, certainly you appreciate better than time. I could. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I am not a paid uh, endorser. Um, so, but certainly appreciate your time. Before we wrap up, or actually when we spoke before, gosh, that is, again, it's been over a year, talked about trying to do this on a little bit more regular basis uh, around some of the HR, some of those planning tools, which I would like to try to get into that because I've kicked this podcast off about maybe two and a half, three months ago in earnest. So trying to get, you know, at least weekly content. So anything that, you know, that we can leverage um, yeah. that, that that would help, you know, our audience would be, would be beneficial. So let's keep Absolutely. in touch on that. Okay. Again, appreciate your time. Thanks, Gary.